This program is made possible through the financial support of viewers like you. To find out more about how you can partner with the MAD Broadcasting Network, please visit our website at www.madbroadcastingnetwork.com. First of all, what went through my mind is how stupid am I to spiritually volunteer for this. Welcome to Mad Talk. This is Paul O'Brien, and I'm joined by my co-host, Colin Davis. How's it going, Colin? Very good. How you doing, Paul? I'm doing good, man. We've had a crazy week, and it's been actually a week of good news after good news after good news. I can get used to this. <laughs> I can, too. You know what I they said? Can. He said we would not get tired of winning. I'm not tired yet. All right, so let's dig right in. Okay, so this week, of course, it was the uh, primaries in how many states? Seven or eight? Yeah, it was a big one. Yeah, California was the big one, and this is where the Democrats had their hopes pinned for this blue wave. And let's just say that the wave never came. George Soros pumped so much money into these candidates, and they were unable to keep out the Republican candidates. And, the, you know, California does the jungle primary. That's I, I, get, I've never heard of that uh, system. I didn't know how that even worked until this, this primary season. Well, and it, it's a terrible system, but it's terrible for both parties, depending on where you are. For example. In certain districts of California, it's heavily Republican. So the Democrats kind of screwed themselves because in order to claim more House seats, they actually have to go out and win those districts. And they can't do that because what happens is they'll have five or six Democrats in which the voters will split the vote among those five or six. The Republicans will strictly stick to one or two candidates. Those two will get the most votes and those two will advance to the next round. And that is what has happened in California. Uh, a couple of my favorites that were running were Antonio Sabato Jr., you know, the actor. Yep. He's advanced to the next round. Omar Navarro, who's challenging Mad Maxine, he advanced to the next round. And of all things, the governor race, a Republican made the runoff. And this I is know, what the Democrats amazing. were hoping to stop. The Democrats did not want this to happen. They were hoping two Democrats would make it to the finals, and it was not to be. And this was the guy Trump endorsed, too, Cox. Oh, it was awesome. Makes, it was a great day. Better. And then the funny thing too is Nunes, he got, he won, like he steamrolled in his district and the, and the Democrats were dumping a lot of money to get him kicked out into his district. And he got like, almost, they said 50 something percent of the vote in his district. So he now, out, he out pulled the votes for the Democrats like by double. Now this is the guy that uh, took his campaign manager's wife, right? No, Nunes, the, the Republican. Oh, I'm thinking about the Democrat. Who yeah, is he? No, no, no. Uh, Devin Nunes, he's the one that r runs the, the, um, the investigation into Trump. He's the one that's fighting for Trump. The, uh, the oh, House okay. Governor. What's yeah, the name of the guy, guy running for governor? Newsom. Though, in Gavin, News Newsom. Gavin Newsom. Okay. Yeah. He's the one, he's a dirtbag. Yeah. He's a slime ball basically. Uh, okay. Yeah, so, the, uh, the governor race though, I mean, a lot of people were predicting that it was going to be two Democrats that made the runoff. And they really did not expect the Republicans to put on as strong of a showing as they did. Well, the Republicans are angry, though, in California. Oh, they're getting, yeah. They're getting steamrolled. The state is turning. I mean, in, in the past few years, the state has gone completely so far left. It's unrecognizable. And, and California used to be a Republican state back in the day. So yeah, Reagan was the governor. Yeah, I was going to say and that. I mean, that might seem like a long time ago, but it's not in the span of time not that long ago for that for that state to go so completely far unhinged left so people are tired of it well i was pleasantly surprised because i actually posted on facebook uh, on the day of the primary i was saying 
I have high hopes, but I have this feeling in my heart because it's California with the illegals and dead Republicans suddenly voting Democrat. I was like, I want to be hopeful, but I'm afraid I'll get my hopes dashed. So I was pleasantly surprised by the outcome because I was trying to keep a realist point of view about this is California. This is the state that rigs everything. And it didn't happen. I was shocked. Now, I mean, granted, the election, general election may not turn out the way I want, but I'm happy that we have put up a fight at least to stop them from being able to reclaim the House. I mean, for a primary, it was a good turnout. So, you know, the blue wave is definitely not as strong as they thought it would be because they thought this would be a clean, a clean, a clean washout that they would have the Republicans out of the way by the midterms. And it's not the case. So, you know, we're still good. We still have a chance. Oh, and Soros pumped so much money into those candidates that failed. I mean, this guy has a lot of money that he's spending on, on these campaigns. Even here in Texas, he was pumping money to Texas, which is a red state. So he has his hands in every primary election all over this country. Well, he's been, what is it, banned from Europe and some certain countries of Europe now? Hungary, they banned him from that, from that country. Good. So he probably has extra money to spend now that he can't influence their elections, <laughs> right? operations in Hungary, so he's like, let's funnel them into California. Okay, so another big news that we had, which was, of course, there was a preview of the Inspector General report. And it turns out that one of the things they have said in this report is that Comey defied his own authority as FBI director. And I think they're referring to the comments that he made about Hillary Clinton and also, of course, to do with Trump and the whole Russia conspiracy theory. So I'm expecting to get a lot of details from this report. But it looks like Comey may end up having to face charges. He should. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, this guy, he's clearly gone above and beyond his, what he should have done as the FBI director. I mean, from clearing Hillary, which, you know, wasn't his responsibility to do that, to so many other decisions that he's made along the way. So I can only imagine what he was doing behind the scenes, you know, making oh, decisions and directing things that we don't even know about yet. And the people that he put in charge? Yeah, he has his hands all over this. I mean, the guy, as, as like self-righteous as he pretends to be in public, I think he even knows at this point that he's in a world of trouble which is why he's kind of disappeared a little bit. You know, he's got, he's gone a bit quiet lately. Uh, He knows he's in trouble now because did you hear about McCabe? Well, he wants immunity. So someone's going to say, but think (laughs) about this two weeks ago, McCabe's attorney was basically making threats in court. He was that confident cut to two weeks later and he's begging for immunity and basically saying that if they give McCabe immunity, he will give them information. So I'm expecting that he will roll over on Comey to save his own neck. I'm assuming that IG report has a lot of information about him. So they probably, they probably, I mean, cause they give people that are mentioned in these reports, they give them a little heads up if they're in it and what's going on. So I think they got wind of just how implicated McCabe was. So they're like, you know what? I don't want to play around right now. I got to see, you know, CYA to the max. Right. He's probably thinking it was bad enough when I lost my pension, but now I could go to prison? Oh, hell no. Yeah, exactly. He's, it's every man for himself now. The swamp is getting exposed. So, and these, they, I mean, these are terms. He's going to go to jail for years for some of these charges if they really get brought up. So I think everyone's kind of, kind of be like, you know what? I got to cover my back now. Yeah, forget Comey. I need to take care of myself. No, exactly. I, I would love to see Comey go to jail. <laughs> he's so, he's so see, arrogant. I would love to see Comey. McCabe, and then of course that couple that were having the affair that oh, Comey put in charge. Of, yeah, because it came out this week that they had a bigger role in the uh, investigation of Hillary Clinton than they should have, considering how biased they were, and they favored her. So now I think that IG report is going to include details about them protecting Hillary, basically. But the weird thing is that he still works for the. He still has a job though, which is I still don't how understand. that is possible. I don't know. 
you know, I think she's, I think she's gone at this point, but she stepped down, but Stroke still has a job and in no way, shape or form should this guy still be in any way have access to files or government documents. Exactly. You know, but with, with Rosenstein in charge, I don't, I don't trust that something's going on there. You know, we had a viewer that uh, complained on our last podcast, or maybe it was the one before that, about the way I talked about Jeff Sessions. And I'm sorry, I was a fan of Jeff Sessions. I supported him when Trump nominated him for attorney general, but he has disappointed me. I'm allowed to criticize people, whether I cared for them or not. And he has disappointed me many, many times now. He let Rosenstein pretty much run the Justice Department. That's what it looks like from the outside. You know, Now, but- Comey, Comey is not the only one, though, that is actually facing pro- possible indictment. You know, Debbie Watson and Schultz, the aides that worked for her, that were involved in that big scandal, the ones that were indicted, they're apparently about to take a plea deal. And if they take this plea deal, they will be giving up information on Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Yeah, the whole thing with the Amon brothers is it's an interesting story. Have you really delved into that to see what this, what's all with them? The brothers and how much they're getting paid for IT work. They're getting paid like six-figure salaries to work for Congress people to do IT work. Right. And they worked for many Democrats. It wasn't just her, right? Yeah, No, they worked for a bunch of them. And they just like gave them all kinds of clearance, you know, all things that are not normal. They got clearances for, they got access to computers from their homes, you know, very not by the book. So, and even that point when um, De- Debbie, she threatened the Capitol policeman, the captain for her computer, because there's evidence on it. If you lose, if if I, if a member loses equipment yes, and it is found by the Capitol Police or your staff, and it is identified as that member member's equipment, and the member is not associated with any case, and that is their equipment, it is supposed to be returned. Yes or no? Depends on the circumstances, uh, and if the circumstances. I, are- I I don't understand how that's possible. Members' equipment is members' equipment. It is not. It is not. It, under my understanding, the Capitol Police is not able to confiscate members' equipment when the member is not under investigation. It is their equipment, and it's supposed to be returned. Well, I think there's extenuating circumstances in this case, and I think, I think that, you know, working through my counsel and, um, you know, the necessary personnel, if, if that, in fact, is the case, and with the permission of, through the investigation, then we'll return the equipment. But until that's accomplished, I can't return the equipment. I think you're violating the rules when you when you conduct your business that way, and should expect that there would be consequences. I yield back. Oh, I remember so, that. I oh, remember yeah, she, that. She was like, I, you know, there's consequences if I don't get my computer back, or you know, <laughs> not verbatim, but that's pretty much what she said. She so, went through a lot of trouble to protect them, which tells me they have stuff on her. I wouldn't be. Pa- I mean, these people are they're foreign. I mean, nothing wrong with foreigners, but they travel back and forth to Pakistan. You know, so what, exactly love America. Exactly. So what is what's going on with them? I want to see what this plea deal. I want to see what, what they if they start to spill the beans. That'll be good. Now, now, another big thing that happened this week, of course, was the uh, tr- the changes that Trump has made to the VA. And I'm very happy about these changes. But I did recently just learn that there may not be as big of a success as he's hoping. And it's nothing to do with Trump. It has more to do with the people that are implementing these changes now. For those who don't know, Trump basically just said that because people, veterans in particular, have had to wait for so long to see a doctor, and so many of them are committing suicide, he has now said that if they are not seen by a doctor in a timely manner, these veterans will be able to go to any doctor and still build the VA, and they will also be included with uh, substance abuse specialists to deal with the opiate crisis. 
So that sounds great. He's trying to combat the opiate crisis as well as helping veterans. The downside I've been hearing is that people who are on high doses of pain medication, whether they are just drug addicts who want to get high or whether they are actually need it for pain, if they're over 90 milligrams of opiates, they will be tapered down whether they like it or not. Now, I'm hoping that these changes will, there'll be changes occurring based on the patient. I think the doctor should decide, hey, if this patient really is in pain, then we don't have any business tapering him down because he's in pain. But if he's just a drug addict trying to get high, then yes, by all means, taper him down to save his life. But you can't put everybody into one group. You oh, can't no, it has to be case by pain. case. It has to be a case right. by case basis based on the doctor's, I, the doctor's decision, you know. It's the same thing like with, you know, with the, some of the complaints about Obamacare is we shouldn't get in between a doctor and a patient. Exactly. You know, so it should be based on what the doctor's recommendations for based on that circumstance. So, you know, I can only hope that it's a new, they're rolling out a lot of new programs. So I'm hoping that this is one that they, they'll review and to say, hey, you know, we can tweak this, make it better and move moving forward. So, you I, know, I, I can't knock them for the program. Like this all on the upside is a great, a great move for the VA. Right. And the, the changes that he made are so simple. They should have been made a long time ago. Common I mean, sense. Right. If you can't be seen by a doctor because there are not enough doctors at the VA, let them go to any doctor and still bill the VA because that is their right. They've earned that privilege as veterans to have their insurance taken care of. It shouldn't matter whether they go to a doctor at the VA or outside if they can't be seen right away. I mean, it's safe to say the VA system in this country has been a disgrace for a long time. Oh, yeah. It's, it's been a disaster that no one's, I don't know why they were not willing to tackle it. It was just like government cronies in positions that they didn't want to fire. But I mean, it's been a mess with, I mean, the suicide rates, the drug, the drug usage, you know, from top to bottom, the VA has been a disaster. So, you know, this is moving in the right direction. You know, I'm sure there's bumps in the road. I got to thinking about what it must be like for a veteran who returns home after being at war and fighting for this country. And then they turn on the television and they see the institutions that they represented being attacked by the left, like law enforcement, the military, they're being called baby killers and animals and monsters and everything else because they did what they were told, go out and defend your country. They fought ISIS. They tried to bring regime changes to countries that had no democracy. And yet the left in their own country and by the way, they're fighting so that the left have the right to come out and say what they want and what they feel. Irony. And they're being attacked by them. It's almost like when my father came back from Vietnam and people were spitting on them at the bus station. Uh, he said he'd never be- he will never forget that. And that's probably why he didn't like being in cities because it was full of Democrats. But he said it was such a, a difference coming into the bus station in a city and being spat on and then coming into the country in the rural areas where people came out and took off their hats and I mean, they're doing you. that again now. Hero. They're starting to do that now. There was a, did you see the incident where um, a pro, they were protesting the cops and this woman literally spit on the cop, spit on the guy. And it's like, are you serious? Are we really back to doing this again? You know, the left, they just don't care about our institutions at all. You know, nothing's perfect in our country, but, you know, there's things that could be better, things we could do better. But, you know, the, the military and the law enforcement, the cops, they sacrifice for us. And all in all, they're good people. But the right. left... I mean, the left seem to worship MS-13 more than they do they have respect for our cops or our soldiers. Which is disgusting. And, and yeah. what's funny now is, of course, they, they defended MS-13, who are basically just monsters that rape and murder children and women. But yet now, because Trump has uh, commuted the sentence of a great-grandmother who was a nonviolent 
drug offender who had never had a record before this. He finally commutes her sentence because Kim Kardashian apparently has been working on prison reform and getting this woman out of prison. Jared Kushner brought her to the White House. She met with Trump and Trump commuted the sentence. I've seen liberals attacking him for doing this, saying she didn't deserve to be freed. And the only reason she got freed was because Trump wanted to make friends with Kim Kardashian. I mean, ridiculous. It's like you just defended MS-13 two days oh. ago, and oh, now there, you're attacking a black woman, a grandmother, that was no pleasing them. after serving 20 years in prison, being released. Well, it didn't help that she went on like national TV saying she thinks she, you know, she out loud said to, I think Donald John Trump. There was one of her statements right out of jail, and she's like, "I'm gonna oh, make him proud." Thank you. Yeah, she's like, she's like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna show him that he was right to give me a second chance." Well, this is something that Jared Kushner, uh, who is a uh, special advisor to the president, and Kim Kardashian, who came on board for you in such a big way, and the president uh, want to make happen for other people. What, what's your message to, to them tonight? My message to President Trump is. Thank you so much, President Trump, for taking the time to really look at my case and to really look at me. And as I've said before, I will, I promise you, President Trump, I will make you proud mm -hmm. that you gave me that second chance. And I tell Kim, Kim, keep your passion. I believe that what she has, is seeing happen for me is really stirring something even more up in her, a desire to help per people, as she said, one person at a time. Yes. Was it her sister that said, um, in an interview, like recently, I, I think it might have been before the uh, the decision, but she said the fact that Trump was even meeting with Kim Kardashian to talk about her sister told her that the things she'd heard about him were not true. Well, she I mean, look at her that he just didn't care for black people. Exactly. And here he was meeting to talk about getting her sister out. And she thought, if they lied to me about that, what else did they lie to me about? No. I mean, this, this breaks the story. This is another break in the, the racist, Leo, like blanket they try to throw on Trump, which I don't, I've never seen it. I don't get it, but they stick to it. You know, so here's this, this black woman who's by all means, she's been over sentenced. Like how do you get a life, a life sentence in jail for, for something, drugs, right. for drugs that were, you know, she had no record. And so this is totally miscarriage of justice. But when Obama like commuted the sentence of like thousands of like hardcore thugs and, and terrorists, the left was like, oh great, you know, that's awesome. But here comes Trump doing it for like a lady who definitely does not need to be in jail. And she's been there for 20 years. Like, right. And the thing is, I'm glad he didn't pardon her because as she admits herself, she did do the crime. And yeah. she's admitted that. And she served, like you said, over 20 years. I think that was excessive, giving her a life sentence. And now she's from the Memphis area. Apparently, that's where this all took place. Mm -hmm. She was bringing in lots. I mean, it was not just her. It was like a drug enterprise, basically. They were bringing in uh, drugs from, I think it was Venezuelan or Tijuana, somewhere, into Memphis. And she got caught. But it, her story is very interesting because she was a woman that had a career. She worked for the FedEx for years. And then things just fell apart in her life. Her son died in an accident. She was fired uh, from FedEx for a gambling addiction. And she got involved with the wrong people. And she ended up doing the crime. And she paid the time. So I'm glad that he commuted her sentence. I'm glad she gets a second chance at life. Because like you said, that's excessive. Life oh, for yeah. drugs? A nonviolent crime? When I, heard, when I heard she already did 20 years, I was like, wow. That's, you know, like, what did she do that was that wrong? But, you know, the, the I mean, and this is thanks to a lot of this stuff is, like thanks to Clinton policies in that era anyway so <laughs> oh yeah locking up everybody with their super predators yeah this, you know but you know that's a whole show in itself I feel <laughs> well you brought up Bill Clinton 
He was in the news, of course, this week because he's promoting that new book of his that he co-authored. Oh, and while he was being interviewed, Monica Lewinsky's name came up in reference to the Me Too movement. And they asked Bill Clinton if he owed her an apology. He said, no, he does not owe her an apology. Well, of course, everyone exploded. They were basically coming down on uh, Clinton because she did get mistreated, whether by him intentionally or not. The fact is, people forget that Monica Lewinsky originally was covering for him and she mm -hmm. was protecting him. And then she hears him on TV basically bash her. They're calling her a narcissistic looney tune. The liberal media is coming down on her, calling her a stalker. So she finally came, you know, came out with the truth. But she, that's what she wanted the apology for. She admits that she took part in an affair with a married yeah, she man. Was a, she was an adult. She was an innocent child. Clearly. Right. And she admits that what she wanted the apology for was the way they turned on her because she didn't feel that was right, considering how loyal she was being to him and not telling the uh, inspector general anything. And yet he was quick to just throw her to the wolves. Oh, yeah, and that's I'm what sure. she wanted the apology for. I'm well, sure Hillary was behind that. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, and the thing was, Bill Clinton said he did not owe her an apology. And of course, there was an uproar. So the very next interview that he gives, of course, he says, well, I actually have apologized to her more than once. The truth is, the hubbub was I got hot under the collar because of the way the questions were asked. And I think what was lost are the two points that I made that are important to me. The suggestion was that I never apologized for what caused all the trouble for me 20 years ago. So first point is, I did. I meant it then and I meant it now. I apologize to my family, to Monica Lewinsky and her family, and to the American people. Before a panel of ministers in the White House, which was widely reported. So I was, I did that. I meant it then, and I mean it today. I live with it all the time. The second is that I support the Me Too movement, and I think it's long overdue. Yeah, dude, you were just making fun of Me Too about a week ago. And now, because everyone is attacking you, now you're going to pretend like you actually care about it. And then you're going to say, oh, I already apologized to Ms. Lewinsky. No, you didn't. You just said yesterday you have had no contact with her whatsoever since the affair ended, and you want no contact with her. Oh, I have a feeling this book tour is going to get cut short. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, what, what is he now? He's, he's writing fiction? Yeah, James, him and James Patterson. Yeah, that disappoints uh, okay. me. Why did James Patterson shoot I, I saw that. I was like, James Patterson and Bill Clinton? Okay, I don't get that match, but... <laughs> That's just a sad, sad. It was a sad. Right I was like, okay, great. But now I think at one point, even they, they took Bill Clinton off of one interview and just had James Patterson on it after the whole dust up of the Monica Lewinsky apology. So James Patterson just went solo for one interview while, while the whole thing got dusted up. So I think Bill Clinton's going to go back to their, their house in Westchester for a while to be quiet. He's not, as, and, he's not as cool as he used to be, clearly. Well, and of course, he had to slam Trump during the interviews, and he well, was making comments about oh, how he wouldn't get elected today because he doesn't like to embarrass people, and yeah, that's right. how Trump got elected. No, what he meant to say, I'm sure, was that Trump is a counterpuncher, and if someone tries to embarrass Trump, Trump, is, Trump humiliates them with a counterpunch. That's well, fair yeah. to me. I want I to mean, leave it that strong. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. If, it's amazing that they, can, they feel they can say anything about Trump, but he comes back... And if he goes too far, in their opinion, now he's the bully. When there's the one that's too they far start, for them, right? Yeah, any, 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 any reply is too far for them. That's the problem. You know, like, they could say the, anything about Trump, and they, they've literally said just about anything about Trump.
And, then he and it's usually back. because his insults are what they wanted to say, but they didn't. Oh, yeah. Well, he's also really good at insulting people. Let's be realistic about it. <laughs> and that comes from his working class uh, surroundings. He was exactly. around construction workers. He's not trying to be sophisticated or smart and, you know, be witty, witty sarcasm. He's just going to be like, this is what it is. And right. it's, it's just too harsh for them because they're, well, not, they're okay. not used to it. So uh, Obama, it turns out there was a big reveal about his administration this week and that it turns out he allowed Iran to have access to their bank records the entire time while he was telling U.S. citizens that they had no access to the banks. And that is why he gave them the billions. Basically, what he's trying to say is that he withdrew the billions of dollars from their bank accounts and flew them to Iran. Turns out, no, they did have access to their bank accounts. He just didn't want us to know about it. So this is another major scandal for him. And I'm starting to wonder if Trump hadn't been elected, how much of this would still be buried by the media? All of it. Clearly. Yeah. I mean, well, this like, is Iran, our biggest enemy. Well, not his, not his biggest enemy. Oh, yeah. Well, he betrayed Israel to kiss up to them. So he obviously has an I, interest there. I'm curious. What, well, that's where Valerie Jarrett's. She was born in Iran. So there's a connection to Iran in that administration. Clearly. And you know, Valerie Jarrett, uh, people are saying that she's, uh, I guess she's got a black parent. I never knew that. I always thought she was just straight Iranian. I mean, yeah, like I, I looked her up and her, yeah, she does. She's black technically, but she's, I mean, she's even said I'm Iranian. So, you That's know, you I've know, heard, right. yeah, I mean like there's no, and she, she looks like she can be Iranian. Like, you know, she doesn't have a, her features are very different. So right. I mean, she, I just, I never would have guessed that she was yeah. black period. No. Until the whole Roseanne scandal erupted. And of I, course, I had now, to look it up. I had to look it up to find out. Cause I didn't, I, I just knew she, I thought she was Iranian. And it made sense. So when I looked at it, I was like, oh, yeah, she actually does have black parents or a black well, parent. What did you think about the Supreme Court ruling about the uh, bakery? It was, it was right. Like, that shouldn't I agree. Have been, it shouldn't have been a controversy. Like, I, I, I just hate when gays do things like that, like political stunts, because it makes uh, the whole community look really, really bad. Caddy. It's catty, you know, like you literally, and I saw the picture of the guys and I don't like to stereotype, but I do. And I saw the picture of the couple and I was like, yeah, I know. I, as soon as I saw the, I was like, I know exactly what their deal was. And that's what it was. They, they literally shopped bakers to go and do this too. Cause they knew. Yeah, troublemakers basically. Yeah, they knew the guy was, they knew in advance that the guy wasn't going to be comfortable doing it or not do it at all. And that's, and that's what, why they chose him. Yeah. I mean, this for Christ's sake, this is Colorado. I'm sure there's a gay baker or someone that would have, or any a number of bakers that would have made the cake for them, but they just had and to the go to the thing was, uh, what, what turned my opinion on it, because granted, when I first heard about the case, I was still in my liberal mental disease. I oh. hadn't been treated with a red pill yet. <laughs> I, I knew they so were wrong I'm right like, from the know, gate. <laughs> oh, that mean baker, you know, no. because I believed what the media told me. Then I started to read about the case and I learned that he actually served them many times. He never like refused service like a few Muslim bakeries we read about. Um, no. It turned out, and they were not the only people that he actually rejected making a mm -hmm. cake for, a specific cake. He didn't do it for adult theme parties, Halloween, yep. things like that. He had a sign up in his bakery that said he was a Christian. So if they didn't know because they knew him, they knew from the sign. Like you said, they chose him specifically yeah. to make a big deal. And when I looked at their picture, what I thought of was the gay couple that harassed Ivanka Trump on the airplane, remember? Uh -huh. That yep. chased her down and then they got sent to another plane because the people on the plane were booing them. That's what I thought of when I saw them. I was like, oh, God, it's another one of those really liberal gay couples that make everything about politics with them. I'm, I'm just still waiting for the couple. To, I'm, I'm curious, did they go to a Muslim bakery and do the same stunt? Or do they plan to do that? 
I wish somebody would ask them that. I really or, do. Because, I mean, they know, they know for a fact that they went to a Muslim bakery that, that they would never get that cake either. Well, but it's an anti-Christian sentiment. There's a gay uh, candidate running for um, Congress in Maryland, and I guess he has an ad out right now where he's kissing his partner. And he is, of course, attacking Trump because, you know, he thinks Trump is a homophobe. And, uh, of course, he was talking about the bakery decision with the Supreme Court. So, of course, I went out and tweeted him and I said, how do you feel about Trump being the only politician to condemn Sharia law and the slaughter of gays while your party, their nominee, invited the homophobic father of the, ter- the Orlando terrorist to a rally? And they're taking money from people that kill gays. Of course, he didn't respond back, naturally. But um, what got me was the media trying to say that it was a narrow decision. Like, it's <laughs> five, four. You know, seven to two, that's really close. Seven to two, that's not yeah, narrow. It's, it's really, I saw the headline, and, I, and I, I thought it was a misprint when I saw seven to two. I was like, oh, did they mean five, four? And I saw it again in another, in another and I was like, seven to two is not narrow. That's the overwhelming... The, the View, of course, the Harpies of The View oh, were talking about it, and they actually had the baker on their show, apparently. I don't know oh. if it was like uh, a year or so ago, but uh, apparently he handled them very well and was very respectful the entire time, and he answered their questions, but they came at him like Harpies, and he explained to them, I've turned down cakes where I've had to, you know, for bachelor parties, if mm-hmm. it had, contained nudity or graphic messages. I've mm-hmm. turned down Halloween cakes. You know, he's like, there. it's not like I just targeted them. You didn't just single them out. make you a cake because you're gay. He's like, I've served them many times. They knew me. They knew how I felt. They chose me because, like what you said earlier, they wanted to make this an issue. And they wanted, and he said, you know, he suffered, or he lost a lot of his business when this of was course. all heating up. But now people are starting to come back because this is what's happening. People are so sick of the liberals now. They've realized they've taken it so far. People that rejected him like five years ago are now coming back to his bakery and saying to him, I'm sorry, I really believe that you were this horrible person and now I see that you aren't. They've done it to other businesses too. So he's not, not the only one. You know, this guy went all the way up to the Supreme Court, but they, out, they target people, you know, for this to, to string them up. And it's typically Christians, conservatives that, they, that they're targeting. And people yeah, like, never do it to a Muslim. No, or, and then people are like, all right, enough is enough already. You know, <laughs> like we've seen this already and you can't keep playing the victim while you're obviously being a bully. Like it doesn't sure. work that way. All right, we're going to take a commercial break. And when we get cool. back, we're going to jump into, of course, the uh, double standards of what's happened with Roseanne. And then, of course, what's happening with Samantha B, Joy Behar and Joy Reid. So if you guys just stay tuned, we'll be back in just a moment. The Mad Broadcasting Network is proud to partner with CBD Pure Hemp Oil. CBD Pure is derived from certified organic industrial hemp grown in Colorado without the use of harmful pesticides and herbicides. The industrial hemp they use has been chosen for its high CBD content and is grown with great care in order to produce a high quality product you can count on. Visit www.madbroadcastingnetwork forward slash CBD for more information. Welcome back to Mad Talk. This is Paulo Bryan, and I'm joined by Colin Davis. Now, we're going to be talking about Roseanne and what's happened. Uh, everybody has an opinion on this because apparently Roseanne's tweet was in poor taste. It was not a nice tweet, but this is Roseanne we're talking about. Roseanne yeah. has tweeted controversial stuff throughout the years, and it's not like she just randomly did it out of nowhere. This is somebody that's always said crazy things. And Roseanne was never a conservative. Roseanne was always a liberal. She has become more independent as she's gotten older, but people are trying to make her out to be 
the representation of Trump voters. Like all conservatives are racist. Now, the joke that she made may have been in poor taste, but it's been made before. It was made by Wanda Sykes, who writes for ABC and wrote for Roseanne. She yeah, compared she Trump to show. orangutan. Bill Maher Many. did the exact same thing. Uh-huh. And Joy Behar, she's on The View making fun of Christians, calling them crazy because they're Christians. You got Joy Reid slamming gay people, slamming Jews on her network. Or sorry, on her everybody. blog. Joy Reid hates All of everybody. these people kept their jobs because they're liberal. But Roseanne was fired. And then, of course, the cast of her show turned on her, Sarah Gilbert especially, making fun of her. Now, remember, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the rumors going on backstage that Sarah Gilbert and Roseanne were not getting along because Sarah Gilbert did not like the fact that Roseanne had such a huge, powerful influence on people, and she didn't. Now, ABC was talking about creating Roseanne centered around Sarah Gilbert, without Roseanne, basically. They were actually going to do it, and the liberals were all excited until ABC was told by probably thousands of people on Twitter and social media, will never happen. We will not watch that it show. We no will sense. never support it. That was, well, a, it was ridiculous. Sarah Gilbert. She's so not entertaining. She's not no. funny. She just look. You look at her. She looks upset, angry, like a typical, you know, angry liberal feminazi is what she's like. as hell. Grungy with those kids. I mean, I I watched the show. I love the show, the reboot. Her right. family was the part I didn't like. Well, that's because I, she was playing like the liberal straight man to Roseanne, who was funny. But yeah. My thing with Sarah Gilbert is that she's had three failed sitcoms after Roseanne ended. So if people did. wanted to watch Sarah Gilbert, they had plenty of opportunities to watch her. They chose not to. So why the hell would ABC think taking the highest rated comedy because of one person, and that was Roseanne herself, taking her off the show, replacing her as the lead with Sarah Gilbert, and they actually believed people would tune in for that. They found that the hard they way. De- I think they were desperate because from what I, I read, that they still have to pay a lot of those people out, even though they canceled the show. Yes. So they're, they're obligated to, to pay them. So I guess and like, they owe um, advertisers millions of dollars of refunds. Oh, yeah. It's because they up and canceled the big show. So now they're like, do we just lose all this money or do we try to salvage it? Which they're better. They should just lose the money and call it a day because there's no way they're going to have even a, a fraction of the audience to watch the Sarah, Gil- Sarah Gilbert show. Like, wasn't we well, called that's not Burton? happening. And I think it's because Roseanne has threatened to sue them. She actually came and back on Twitter after taking a break and she said her followers have inspired her to fight. They make her want to fight and she's happy. And then she said something that I thought was very, very pivotal. She said, I'm one bad tweet does not erase 30 years of activism in which I have helped other people. And a bunch of native Americans came out in support of her because apparently she did a lot of work on a reservation somewhere mm-hmm. here in America where she funded them. Like when they had something happen as far as the reservation fell ill and crops were bad. She came in and took care of them. And they said, this woman is not a racist. She had a bad joke. She's a yeah, comedian. But I mean, they literally canceled the show and wiped out all of Roseanne off of like Hulu. All, all Every trace of the Roseanne show was removed from the internet, like all these streaming services. So ridiculous. Yes, not only they canceled the new show, they wiped it all out, which seems like overkill for the, a single tweet. Yeah, she tweeted that they replaced her reruns with Bill Cosby. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he only only drugged women and took advantage of them for like decades. But remember when they took off his reruns? And they're back now. Yeah, so how are they back now and Roseanne's gone? But I mean, the whole thing about her joke about the Planet of the Apes thing, it's been said before. 
I mean, we have heard it countless times by black comedians, white comedians. I mean, Bill Maher and Wanda Sykes both refer to Trump as an orangutan with a side-by-side photo of him and an orangutan. Wanda Sykes is not the same race as Trump. So if it is in poor taste for somebody to call another race, a member of another race, a monkey or an orangutan, she is just as guilty. And Bill Maher is just as bad. He said the N-word on his own show, and yet he's allowed to stay. I don't even think he took a break for after that. Well, no. I, I think he, went, he just apologized and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then went right back to his usual shtick. So he brought Ice Cube on his show to basically give him a bitch spanking. Yeah. And after that, no one talked about it again. It was okay. And the liberals of The View were defending him, saying he's a comedian. He's allowed to do that. They weren't defending Roseanne. And I'll tell you this I got blocked by Meghan McCain because she came out attacking Roseanne. And I was so angry and disgusted that she would attack Roseanne when she sits beside one of the most offensive women on television who attack Christians, who's attacked conservatives, people that Meghan McCain claims to care about, and she sits there and laughs beside her. So I pointed out, you are a hypocrite. Well, she's you a sit McCain. beside the most offensive woman. So she blocked me. She's a McCain. Like, what do you expect? Yeah, I did say you're just uh, like your father. Yeah, I mean, she's literally John McCain, just younger with a wig on and boobs. that's pretty much Megan McCain she I mean who would she be if that wasn't her father let's be honest that's true she wouldn't be anywhere she wouldn't be anywhere like she adds nothing to the conversation she nothing new comes out of her mouth she literally parrots every rhino talking point there is and you know I complimented her so many times even though I didn't like her father even though I kind of got annoyed by her I actually defended her plenty of times and complimented her. So when I saw her attacking Roseanne, which what I call kicking somebody while they're down is what I refer to it as. I was so disgusted by her and other people feel the same way. And they've called out these people. But Samantha B, Joy Reid, they're still on the air. Samantha B is now saying, oh, I'm sorry for using that potty mouth word. Yeah, but right. I just wanted people to care about the legal immigrant children. So, of course, I tweeted her and I said, if you care so much about illegal immigrants, let's talk about it. Let's talk about Sabine Durden who lost her freaking son to an illegal immigrant. Talk to any of the angel moms and dads who lost their kids. And if you're so concerned about criminals and their children being separated, when are you gonna talk about the American children who are punished because they're separated from their parents who are criminals? She doesn't do that though. No, they care about illegal aliens, not Americans. It's what what undocumented, yeah, please, illegal. You know, it's what we do to them because we're the bad guys always. Oh yeah, we're- no No matter what we do, it's like, you don't come, then you won't have a problem. But we're the bad... We're such a bad country, Colin, that yeah. millions of people want to come here. Yeah. I mean, my family came to this country. Okay, here's my thing on both. My issue with both race and this hatred for America is if we are as bad as people say, white people and America, then why do people of other races choose to come here? If they think America is this horrible place, they would not come here. No. It's the, Amer- it's the left that portrays the country this way. People come right. to this country and they do well. You know what I mean? Like people come from, I know like Africans come here, people from the Caribbean, Asians come to the country and they succeed and do well here. But you know- It seems to be the only ones that don't do well are the ones who come from a certain area yeah. that are basically told you don't have to work. We'll take you, care of you. Just vote the way we want you to. No, exactly. Cause I mean, people here barely speak English. You know, they come, they do it the right way. They work their way up from the bottom and they, do, they have businesses, they're entrepreneurs, their families are going to school, they're Ivy League educated, you know, after the second generation in this country. But people that were born here are still victims. They can't get ahead. The man's keeping them down. 
you know, the left, the white liberals telling them, you know, those, those Republicans, they're racist, even though you live in our, our democratic city in a democratic state, but the Republicans are the bad guys, but you live in like ghettos. I think that talking point took a huge hit this week, though, between, you know, the, uh, the pardon, not pardon, but with Alice Marie Johnson mm -hmm. and, of course, Candace Owens doing her thing. I think a lot more black people are starting to realize that they've been lied to for too long about Trump being a racist because it's not falling into the category of somebody who hates. If black unemployment is at its lowest right now, if he hated black people, wouldn't he be like putting them out of work? I mean, at some point, it's just ridiculous. I mean, I think it's been ridiculous from day one, but even the lowest information person has to at some point be like, you know what, this isn't adding up. Like, first of all, like I think over the weekend, um, Diamond and Silk, they did like a man on the street segment on Fox News and they went to Harlem. So they go out and they're like asking like, you know, black people, you know, are you winning? What do you think of the president? And they stop at one guy. He's like, oh, I don't like him. He's racist. And they're like, whoa, 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 wait up. Cause you know, they, they defend the president. So right. to bottom. and they're like, why is he racist? Because he says stuff. What did he say? A lot of stuff. What exactly? Just inappropriate things. And they're like, what are you talking <laughs> Like, what are he you talking about? One thing. He, couldn't, he couldn't say anything clear. So it's like, after a while, you can't have no exact example, but to say he's racist, whilst everything in the country is getting better. And that guy was probably a Maxine Waters supporter, <laughs> which is perfect time for you to do your Mad Maxine segment. Oh, I love this one. This is great. This is so great. <laughs> you know, Auntie Maxine, you know, the auntie of the millennials, right? She's so popular. She, did, <laughs> she does her like, it was supposed to be a Twitter, a Twitter thing where they're supposed to like attack Twitter and blast Twitter, and like Twitter bomb and do all this activism on Twitter. Ten people show up to her <laughs> event. She has this whole thing set up with like tables and like food and catered and literally she's standing here talking. It's the most pathetic sight ever, but if it was someone else, I would feel bad. But for her, you know, she deserves it. She has the mic with these, these kids standing around her and like a, two old ladies talking into a microphone. People are like a few feet away from her. Like, why did she need the mic? Like, yeah, like, why is she? <laughs> and like, it was a total bust. Did that. you see the two black women that were like, they looked miserable. Oh, they were like upset. They thought they wouldn't go there for like photo shoot, you know, for like great social media and like a whole thing going on. And it was like the most sad event ever. And Max, they looked so disappointed. Yeah. I, I mean, I wish she felt shame because I, I really don't think she does feel shame. But if she did, <laughs> she, would she probably viewed it as a success because oh, they didn't yeah. face her out this time. <laughs> If you edit it the right way, it looks like it was full. <laughs> I'm sure they tried to as well. Oh, yeah. So that was a good Maxine bust, which shows that she's really not as relevant as the media is pushing her to be. It's, it's all Navarro, of course, is now going to challenge her. Yeah, I want to see that. Like, I would love I don't think she's I don't think she's brave enough to actually do a debate with them. But I, I would, would love, love I would love they did that. the debate, but I don't think she's going to go for it. I, Can you I don't imagine her on a debate it. stage reclaiming my time? Exactly. <laughs> and he would be yeah. like talking politics and he'd be bringing up like all the corruption all these... going on in her district and you don't even live here. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> oh, how long does it take you to get to your house from your district? Yeah, you don't live here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why she reminds me of a frog, but she does. She's just um, ugh, ugh, something about her. <laughs> Is really like Pepe the Frog. Whenever Pepe's, I see yeah, that, right? that picture, I always think of Maxine Waters, except slap the James Brown wig on and top. She's, I was going to say, just put like. the James Brown wig, and she's that's Pepe. 
Yes. Do you remember she, who did she accuse of being racist for saying that? The, well, the James Brown wig. Oh my goodness. Was it Mark Dice or? It was, oh my gosh, that was a while ago. Mark, uh, Mark Dice goes after her all the time though. That's always hilarious. But I forget oh, who it was. Oh. Uh, Infowars, they Info had Wars. a yeah. her. And that cartoon is hilarious, by the oh, way. Yeah. <laughs> Alex she Jones is going to watch the TV, and she's like, mm. <laughs> but, uh, "Yeah, this. I think this election season is going to be great. I want. I got to. I would. I don't live in California, but I'm going to be watching that. Like, really, really strong viewership for California races because that's going to be big for them to see if they take it back. But Maxine's got to go. She's been in there well, for a long time. Someone that reminds me of Maxine Waters is April Ryan on CNN. Do you know who that is? Oh, the Miss Piggy? Yeah, the one who fought with Almarosa. Yeah. Um, so she got caught in a lie again. She doesn't need to be in the White House anymore. Like, enough is enough with her. I mean, CNN, I can't believe they have allowed her and Jim Acosta to stay there despite the ratings and despite their image being destroyed. But, I mean, these two are terrible. They have tried to make every story about them, and people don't care. If they did, CNN wouldn't be doing so badly with the ratings. But how many times are you going to do the racist story line? Well, I mean, she tried to say that Trump was booed by the crowd outside of the White House when he came out to do his Celebrate America speech. Yeah. And two hours later, she finally you know, uh, retracts her tweet because it turned out you know, there was one heckler who got booed by everybody by the, else. Yeah, the crowd booed the escorted. heckler. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but she was going to let that stay until witnesses contradicted her and said, that's not true. No one was booing Trump. They were booing this guy. But that's how they, that's the, that's how they do it. They put out this lie. And it gets trashed and gets like tons of retweets. And then like, you know, they'll quietly kind of like correct it after it's already gotten traction. Right. The, the first tweet got like 20,000 yeah. likes. The other one and got 5,000. Exactly. So it's already out there to, to reinforce the narrative. So that's all she does. Every, like she's the same person that asked, asked um, if, if the president thought slavery was bad. You know, she, oh, that's, God, her, that's yeah. her questioning. That's the kind of question she does. Like if you and ask- she said Sarah Sanders wanted to fight her? Yeah. Like, oh, those are fighting words, where I come from. Like, <laughs> oh my goodness. Where the hell do you come from? Yeah. <laughs> I would love uh, to know where she's, where uh, someone says, you don't know much yeah. about me. Yeah, you don't know. Fight you. Yeah, that's, that's, who she, that's what she's representing. So, you know, she's a real professional journalist. Well, <laughs> CNN has gotten really professional with their conspiracy theories. Did you hear about the Melania Trump MIA conspiracy theories oh, they that, came out with? Brian Stelter? They're scraping. Oh, Brian Stelter's a joke. They had a freaking segment up where they had the last time Melania was seen and they had all these question marks. And it turned out all these other media journalists and reporters were saying, she's not missing. We just spoke to her. We just took pictures with her. She's right there. And I mean, they have not admitted that they were it, wrong. It's, it's the, I, this is the most ridiculous story I've seen in a long time. The woman literally had surgery a couple of weeks ago. Right. She had kidney surgery. It's not like she had like, a st stitches on her arm for a cut or something like she had major surgery on her organ you know even though it was in and out but whatever and she's not a young woman she's not a kid so maybe right. she just needed a couple of weeks to recover and recuperate you know people have complications from surgery so it's not unheard of for someone to go and just be out of commission for a while and it's not like her job is just like she's a housewife you know she has a lot of responsibilities as the first lady where was this demand for people to be 24-7 available to the media when Hillary Clinton was refusing to do press conferences during the election? Oh, when she was getting chucked in the vans like a side of beef when she passes right. out? They didn't even know she was sick, and they yeah, didn't even right. know she had been rushed off to Chelsea's apartment and not the hospital. 
They, but, they, just, they just chuck her in the van for no reason, right? That just happens. Right, but Melania Trump needs to be available to them 24-7. Otherwise, it's a conspiracy. Trump's got her chained up in the basement somewhere. <laughs> I mean, someone even wrote, what if Trump punched her and then she's just healing? That's why she's out of commission. That's how oh, far it got. that guy on Twitter. That's, and that's how far that got. Yeah. It was, it's so ridiculous. It, um, they came up with so many stories. Like, she, she moved out of the White House. They think people were saying she was, like, out of the White House. Like she moved somewhere else. Oh, <laughs> and then the sad part is when she when she's out in public, they make fun of her. So it's like, why would I? I wouldn't go out to the public. I take my time. Right. Well, you know, she says something. They make fun of her how she speaks. You know, or any number of things they talk about her. So like, but they never like they, would have made fun of Michelle Obama. Yeah. No, I mean Michelle Obama was apparently the best thing. You know, since you know chocolate. The way she, maybe she's I shouldn't our, say that she's either. She's our mom. Yeah, she's right. Our mom, remember, she, she's our forever first lady too. Apparently, she said that as well. Yeah, she anointed herself. It's like, who are you speaking for? I mean, the, the Obamas are just so delusional. Uh, have you heard any more about Tommy Robinson and his position? Nothing really. I mean, look, people are talking about it more, and I know there's like people having marches and protests in other countries now, so spreading the message. But it doesn't seem like they're going to let them out. Yeah, they shut down the switchboards of the embassy of the UK. Mm-hmm from people calling to complain about letting him out. And of course, there was a couple of uh, politicians in Europe that went to England to take part in those protests you talked about. But yeah, I haven't heard anything. I mean, they, they, see, they want him to be in jail. The UK government wants him to be in jail and I think they want him to die in jail, which is why they did and, this to him. And because, if he does get killed, then we will know what happened there. Oh, it's, it's gonna be obvious what, what happened. I mean, they, a guy got killed in jail for putting bacon on the door of a mosque or a bacon sandwich or something, they sentenced him to a year in jail, and he died. They killed, well, he died, they killed him in jail. And meanwhile, the Chicago kidnappers that kidnapped that special needs kid, one of the girls has already gotten off. Did you hear that? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, why? why? <laughs> Are you surprised? She was the one that was smoking the blunt on the video as she oh, laughed yeah. at him being cut and stripped uh-huh. and beat. And all I could think about was my patients, and if someone did that to them, I would want to kill those people. And yet she thought it was the funniest thing in the world. She was laughing and thinking it was great. I mean, that's I the mean, mentality. It's a sick mentality. And yet mentality. people want to attack Trump saying he made fun of a disabled reporter. They Which said nothing about this. Which he didn't. So that's a lie no. too. And my thing was the disabled. Okay. Just because the reporter was disabled does not mean that he cannot be criticized. That is not a shield. He lied. He, he got lie. caught lying. So oh, Trump made fun of the fact that he got caught lying and they tried to say it. he made fun of him because he was disabled. No, he didn't. Also, my whole thing was that the interview was like years prior to that. So I'm like, does Trump really sit there and remember every reporter? And he's like, I'm going to make fun of this, this like handicapped guy and do a whole thing. But yet he's done the same imitation for like Ted Cruz, you know, Marco Rubio. He's done that. Like that whole thing is just this thing to make people look ridiculous. You know, it has nothing to do with the disability. That's just Trump mocking people in general. He's used yeah, that, that voice and that impersonation. Yeah, that's something he's done tons for of people. plenty of people. But they don't hear that. They forget. They don't see that. Oh, I had tweeted that to somebody once. I sent. I literally sent a picture of him doing that for four other people. And it was and like, no. Nothing, right? no, no, nothing. Nothing. No uh, defense. Mother migrant Merkel has finally ordered Germany to pay out more in military spending. But the media is not reporting it. Now, why? Because that is what Trump promised us on the campaign trail that European countries that did not meet their obligations to NATO, we would no longer be paying a larger share. They would have to start paying more. And it turns out they're now paying more. As they should. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not a discussion. I don't understand why that was even controversial. You know, we, literally, we literally protect Germany. We have huge bases in Germany. 
with our soldiers there, American soldiers. And I guarantee you it'll be those American soldiers who have to end up taking Germany back from the migrants that they allowed in. It, one day. I mean, Germany is going to be in, they're in for a reckoning with what they have it's going on so there. It's sad. I mean, it's, it's so sad that they let, they let that country go. She let that country go so quickly. You well, know, you know, Sabina, she was talking about her family in Germany. She said they tell her all the time how terrible it is now. Well, the country's getting overrun. And, and the leaders are allowing them to do it. They're protecting them while they're punishing Germans who speak out. Yeah, well, that's Europe. That's why the, the, Europe, the European Union is like that. That's, that's the whole... why the uh, European Union needs to go down in a ball of flames fast exactly. if Europe wants to be saved. Because you got to remember, the last time Jew-hating savages took over Europe, it took the United States, UK, and Russia to save them. Well, now the UK has fallen because they've got horrible leadership. They I mean, call the, Russia the enemy. Yeah, the UK is uh, not going to be any help. <laughs> right. Once again, it falls to us. I mean, why would we want to help those leaders? Take down the leaders, and then we'll help you, gladly help you. But I don't want to help Merkel reclaim her position as chancellor while she's the one who's responsible for this crisis it's time for her she's been there for a way too long she's, she's creepy for, she's there's something she, very creepy about that woman she's been in charge for like 10 years already at least the chancellor well, of germany her, her party in the last election lost majority mm -hmm. or control so she's not doing as well as she likes to think she is i mean the germans are tired take, of it well i mean how many times do they have to bury their children that are killed by uh, a Muslim that plowed down people at a Christmas parade or at a, with a pipe bomb at a concert. Like how many times do you have to bury your kids? There are literally pictures in Europe and major cities of them putting up these big concrete blocks in markets so that people can't like drive trucks through them. You know, that's where it's got, that's how bad it's gotten over there. Yeah, let's not kick them out. Let's just make it harder for them to kill us. Let's barricade our Christmas markets with concrete and, make, and just make the country look horrible. Uh-huh. Uh, U.S. jobless claims has plummeted to the lowest it's been since 1973. That's another win. But no, that's Obama. Obama gets credit for that, doesn't he? Oh, that's right. Michelle and him both. Yeah. They single-handedly did it. That's the Obama economy. It just took him being out of office for like almost two years. <laughs> oh, by the way, did you hear that Biden attacked Hillary Clinton recently? Apparently, when she was talking about the Osama bin Laden raid, she was trying to take credit for the raid. And Biden said both him and Hillary Clinton at the time, they expressed uh, that they were a little concerned with the raid. They didn't know if it would be successful and they would have rather have dropped a bomb. But the yeah, only problem with dropping a bomb was that they couldn't prove he died in it. But Hillary is running around telling everyone on her tour that she ordered all this, that she was responsible. Joe Biden told a uh, journalist, I, I have a feeling the next time she tells the story, she's going to be on the plane with the sniper shooting at Osama. <laughs> didn't she? I thought she shot him herself. <laughs> She, uh, that'll be the next time she tells the story. I was actually on the plane. Yeah, she's a Navy SEAL. We didn't know that. That's why, that's why she keeps falling over now. She had like battle damage from being a Navy SEAL. <laughs> she didn't know about it. That's all. Poor but, Hillary. Uh, yeah, uh, not poor Hillary. I'm sorry. Like, I wish she'd just go away for a little bit. Well, I awesome. would like her to stay at least till November. Keep talking. No, Keep yeah, talking until actually, November. Yeah. Then go away. Yeah, actually, <laughs> you're right. She needs to be out because she's, she's really helping us <laughs> all right well we're going to close out for now we had some big news this week i'm hoping the next time we record our next podcast it'll be another great week for conservatives and of course for trump but we're going to be keeping up with the, all the latest headlines and as always you can follow us on roku and youtube mad broadcasting network 
This is Paul O'Brien, the Gay Tripocrat, and Colin Davis. We are signing off. All right, Colin. See you next week. Don't forget to make America great again, guys. Make America great. Bye, guys. It was unbelievably painful.